0: My purpose as an entrepreneur is just to to grow, to continue to grow as a person and along the way to just make a difference. And I don't think that that's in the, I don't mean that in such a like, I want to change the world type of way, but just with each person that you meet, you have an opportunity to impact that person.
1: Thanks for tuning into the Purposeful Story podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. Alright, welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have Renata Lewis, a.k.a. Miss Tea by Daniel. Hey! She is the (laughs) co-owner of Tea by Daniel, a custom loose leaf tea with amazing, unique flavors.
0: Yes, sir.
1: (laughs) How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. It's really exciting.
1: Alright, alright. So, you grew up in Brampton, correct?
0: I did. Well, I was born in Toronto. Okay. So, I lived in Etobicoke for like the first maybe five years of my life. And then one day my parents just decided they were going to move to Honduras, which is where they're from. Okay. So, we sold everything and we were just going to like permanently move back home. I guess things weren't really working out here in Canada like they thought. Um. So, we lived in Honduras and I like went to school there and everything. So, Honduras is in, in Latin America. Yeah. And everybody speaks Spanish, like school is really hardcore. Like you're wearing a uniform from the moment you start school. A bus picks you up at like 7 a.m. Um, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Yeah. Um, and it's just really like really hardcore. They're very serious about education. So you're learning like proper English, grammar, etc. all these things like at a very young age. And then from there, I guess, My dad just decided he wanted to come back to Canada after like maybe five or six months. And, um.
1: So you were, you were around the age of what? Six? So I would
0: have been about like seven turning eight. So maybe like grade two. Um, and then he just decided he was going to move back to Canada. And when he moved back, he moved into Brampton. So I was about eight years old when I started living here. So yes, I would say I'm a, I'm pretty much like a Brampton. Bramptonian, mm-hmm. um, but I lived in Toronto and other places before that. It's just, it was such a short period in my life that it wasn't supremely impactful as I would say living in
1: Brampton. Living in Brampton. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, which high school did you go to in Brampton?
0: I went to St. Thomas Aquinas.
1: All right. All right. And how was that experience for you in high school? Like what type of person were you? Were you the reserve <laughs> person or were you like more outgoing?
0: Okay. So... I wouldn't say that I was like the popular person by far. Yeah. Um, I was like a bit of like a, not a nerd in the sense of smart, but just like outcast. No, not nerd. Nerd is the wrong word. Outcast ish, but not. So, you know, those people in high school that like, they can like be with the popular people, but they're not really that. I'd say I was, I was that. Yeah. yeah. And like, I didn't really excel in education. Like I, I just didn't, not that I couldn't, but I just didn't really, I guess I didn't want to at the time. I wasn't interested in that. And I got in like mixed up with like things like drugs and stuff like that at one point. So it was very like tumultuous, I would say high school.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So what was in high school, was it more of like, were you trying to sort of figure out yourself or you were you, did you know what you want to do in high school? Like when you left, like what was your focus?
0: No, (laughs) I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to do everything, but I wasn't at the place of maturity to invest myself in anything like that um, in terms of a career. So I would loosely say things like, I want to be a radio broadcaster. I want to be a dancer. I want to be all these things. But it was never backed up by any solid effort. Just because I think uh, for a lot of people at that age, you're just not at that place of maturity. For some people, they just, like, and I remember those students that were just so like, I want to be an accountant or I want to be a lawyer. And like, mm. they were just following the right career path for their credits and all that. But yeah, it was, school for me was more of a social thing, unfortunately, because I wish I would have used it as a tool at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I got out of school, it was just one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm 19, I'm 18, I can work, I can party, like, I just want to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So it seems like through high school, you were sort of, you were almost just there, so to speak. You know what I mean? You didn't really know what you were doing. Um, but you were there along for the ride almost. Pretty
0: much. Yeah. yeah pretty much. That sounds accurate. <laughs>
1: interesting. Interesting. And you know, at high school, like it's crazy. Like they, the world expects us to know what we want to do for the rest of our lives yeah. when we've only lived a small portion of our lives. And that's really hard to do. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And you know, a lot of the people that we hire in our company now are either exiting high school or going into college and they express that, that, that sort of pressure that it's like, I'm 18 years old and like I've, I've barely experienced anything outside of, like, school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm expected to know right now what am I fully investing myself into. So in a sense, I'm glad that high school was so tumultuous because I didn't gravitate to something intensely that would in the future be something that I wasn't really passionate about or I didn't really want to do. Mm-hmm. It's just that pressure of, like, choose now or else, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And right out of high school, what was your first job?
0: I worked at a telemarketing company. Nice. So I would, it was like semi-sketchy. It was one of those ones that like, hi, I'm calling because you want a free vacation, da, da, da. <laughs> um, And it was like the coolest job ever though, because I was, it was the first time that I ever worked in an environment like that. And they were super like incentivizing. Is that even a word? They would just, any sale you would make, they like add Money on top of money for you. So like the goal is just to get in there in those five hours, like sell as many vacations as you can. Um, so I didn't know much about like scams and things like that at that age. I was just like, Oh my gosh. All I have to do is call somebody and sell a vacation. I'm in. So it was a, an interesting experience because the more that I worked there, the more I realized what was really going on. Like this is not totally legit. I feel. And then I like phased out of that, that job and went into like, I don't even remember. I I from the age of like sixteen to twenty one, I probably worked at like fifteen different places. Interesting. I was just one of those people that I just couldn't hold down a job. I'd go I'd start somewhere, work for like a little bit, and then get fed up with that job and want to try something else.
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess you were exploring almost so to speak.
0: A lot. Oh okay. a lot. <laughs>
1: Hey, I mean exploring is good, right? It really makes you figure out the type of person you are, figure out your strengths, your weaknesses, and it it's gotten you to this point. So, you definitely did something, right?
0: Thank God, yes.
1: So, which which job would you say out of those 15 jobs, which one really stuck out to you? Which one made you think, "Okay, like, you know, there's something more to run. Like I want to do something bigger. Like I have a purpose and I want to live that purpose."
0: Um, I would say the last job that I had um, before tea by Daniel became full time for me, um, I was working at a cosmetics company. So they, they're the company that sells all the raw ingredients to major cosmetic producers. So like when they say something has aloe vera in it, they were the, the suppliers of the aloe vera or when a cream says, Oh, this has lavender and safflower or whatever, they supply those ingredients. And my perspective going into that job was different because we had already, did, I was already married we had already decided that we wanted to start a business and I started to see Dan sort of hustling it out and trying to figure out ways to get our teas and into people's hands. Um, so I, I started to really appreciate the work that goes behind any, any business. So when I went in there, I went in with that perspective and I would spend a lot of time with, with my employer after work, before work, just asking him questions like, how did you get started? And like, What makes you passionate about this? Because now I'm, my mind is open to something new. It's like, you can actually take an idea and make it into something that is so much bigger. And to the point where like for that employer, he had like this huge facility and 80 employees. So I would ask him like, you know, just the grassroots story. Like, how did you get started? And if you could offer me like one piece of advice, what would you say? Like, so we spent a lot of time together. And because of that, he was able to get to know me and where I was at as well. Um, and he placed me in a marketing position. I was hired for like customer services to answer the phones. Um, but through conversation, he ended up placing me in a marketing position where I would reach out to potential clients and introduce them to the company and things like that. Um, so I think, I don't even know if it was really the job. It was just more my perspective of work at that point and my appreciation for what people have to do to, to have a business that made me more passionate about it, I guess.
1: Okay, yeah, and when did you meet Dan?
0: I met Dan when I, back like when my parents moved back from Honduras and we lived we moved to Brampton, I was registered into the closest school, which was Clark Boulevard, is just right across yeah. the street from here, and so I registered like maybe five months late into the year, so you know when you're like the new kid and it's like super awkward. but what's crazy is that two weeks later Dan registered, so he was like the late late kid, yeah, <laughs> um so that's when I met Dan yeah
1: okay. Yeah. And when you came back from Honduras was your that's when you you came back from Honduras right at that yes, point in time yes what how was your your english like was it still
0: it was still good yeah my Spanish was just like amazing okay um but yeah no my my native language i wouldn't say it was spanish it it my english has never been like a a struggle
1: okay yeah okay when did you and and dan really start when did your relationship really take off like at what point in time
0: um we have like little childhood backlinks of like little things that happen. Like when he came into the classroom and everyone's like, Oh, you know, when you come in and are like, this is Daniel, everybody yeah. say hi. So we're like, hi. And he just looked at me and he pointed at me and he's like, I like her. And wow. I was, I was one of those kids that like hated when boys would like me. So I like probably turned all red and I just hated him. He embarrassed me in front of everybody. Um, so that was like, I guess the first time that, something happened between us. Um, but it was really when, when Facebook came out and I don't know if you remember when Facebook came out, but you are all like, you would add your immediate friends that you were talking to at the time. But you're also like, gosh, I wonder where so-and-so is. or like those people that you grew up with when you were younger, you would search them and try and find them. So I tried to find him. He tried to find me, but I couldn't because he had like, his rapper name, I guess, as his name on Facebook. And he couldn't remember my last name. So we didn't end up finding each other until maybe like a year after Facebook was like a big deal and everybody had it. And We're just like, Hey, how's it going? Like just catching up. And, um, we're like, yeah, we should meet. And, um, you know, you would, you would find people and you would always kind of end the conversation on like, uh, we should meet up again, but you never actually do. But we, we did like, we actually, we met up and I would say that it was at that point that we, we became friends and we started to get to know each other. And, and from there, one thing led to the next and yeah.
1: Cool, cool, cool. And then you guys got married, um, what year?
0: 2010. So we were 22.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty, pretty young to get married.
0: Yeah. Pretty young (laughs) and pretty, pretty, uh, contrasty from how like my high school years went to my very early adult years, I would Mm -hmm.
1: say. Mm -hmm. that's interesting that is that is very very interesting Mm -hmm. so you know you were working full time at the time for the cosmetic company what made you want to drop that and then come work with 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 Dan as the the co-founder full-time
0: so I was like working with Dan from the beginning okay helping him more in the back and I didn't think that this was going to be my career but I would see him struggling with things like how to make a spreadsheet to like calculate the expenses and things like that. So I would jump in and try to help him organize the business so that things would be easier for him on the computer. Cause that's kind of my strength. Like I'm a, I'm a computer person. I love computers. I love to organize. Um, I love to research things. So I would help him kind of on that. end. like, he's like, I'm looking for like a new tea or a supplier. So I would get on the internet and just try and find like a local supplier that would make it easier for us rather than going like directly to the source in China or India. Um, so yeah, I was always kind of helping him. And then when the farmer's market rolled around and there was an opportunity for us to come in and have a booth, I would go with him like on Saturdays or at different events, um, to help him because he would have to go and set up the table. And it's always good to have two people when you're doing something like that. Um, so I was already working with him, but I was more the person that I got to, I still have to hold down a job because we still have responsibilities and things to take care of. We just got married. Um, but what made me decide to leave was when the opportunity in downtown Brampton came up to actually open a physical location. So we wouldn't be mobile and just bringing like our T's everywhere. We would be stationary in one spot. And when I thought about Dan just running a store all by himself all day, I was like, it, it's just, let's just jump, dive in right now and see what happens.
1: That that must have been, was that scary for you? Or was it like an easy, dis- like?
0: Um, It wasn't scary from a financial perspective, just because we have a, a ton of support from our family. So we had already made the decision that we were going to just downsize our lifestyle for, for, to help the business, um, have an actual chance. So we moved in with his parents and we lived in one room for five years. That was one of like our back, our backstory sacrifices that we had to make. And and luckily his, his family is so amazing and so welcoming that they made it so easy for me to, to live with them. Um, but, so it wasn't it wasn't scary from a financial standpoint, it was more scary from like a, oh my gosh, this is working like we're gonna have a store, we're gonna make it work, and this is gonna be my career now so it's almost like I didn't choose this it it just kind of fell into my lap
1: mhm yeah mm-hmm. that is that is that is actually amazing <laughs> that is really really amazing so when I spoke to Daniel, you know even me just working with you guys, it's like you're the you're the you're the mastermind, I find, behind <laughs> behind T by Daniel. What are what are some of the things that um, you know as as the, the, the co-owner, like what are some of the things that you do that people don't really see?
0: Um I guess everything. Yeah. Um because people only see Dan. It's called yeah. T by Daniel. Yeah. He's the the front man, he's the He's like the person, he's the Aunt Jemima, right? <laughs> so nobody sees the person that came up with who made this great tasting syrup. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah. some factory in China that's working really hard to like make the rice. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm just the, the Chinese, the Chinese factory. Um, I, I look at where we are and I think about what we could do better and how we could realistically get there because we've never done things like take out a loan it's all been through either one of us working or um family helping us so it's uh it's been a slow and steady growth and we prefer it that way because then it's real growth um but it's just fine figuring out ways of how we can do what we do better um and how do we do it in a way that will stand out because the world is just constantly changing with technology and everything. So what's cool today is no longer cool tomorrow or what, what connects with people now won't connect with them next year. So it's just my job, I guess is just to help keep us relevant and to think about the things like, like our website, how is that evolving and changing Um our teas? What, what do we bring in that's different and how do we find new suppliers? Um, yeah, it it's just all the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, our social media, how do we reinvent ourselves online and 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 connect with people because like I was saying the old ways are not going to carry us through with this changing world. Um so it's just it's all the behind the scenes stuff. And not to say that Dan doesn't help me. Absolutely. He he's the captain, but the people that that run the ship are are equally as important.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it seems like even me working with you, you, you've become really good at designing websites and really good at making a social media account look really, really clean. Um, and, you know, with all the jobs that you've mentioned, it seems like a lot of the jobs you've gained some skills from those jobs that yeah. you use in your business. Today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I tell people that all the time. Like we had a staff meeting the other day and I was telling them, you know, I know that Maybe you're not going to be here for the rest of your life and you don't want to be here for the rest of your life, but take whatever you can from this job because there's something that you can learn here that you can apply to the rest of your life. It's like when I was working at the cosmetic company, I worked with a graphic designer who, the original graphic designer that made our logo that we have now, and I learned so much from him because he was a very clean designer in the way that he would think. Um, he was just very organized and he just did things in such an amazing way. And and every logo or anything that he would present was always so clean, like clean lines and detailed. So I took, I tried to take as much as I could from that, especially with the awareness that I had a business at that time. But even in other jobs that I had, when I, I wasn't thinking about having a business, I learned things like, like Microsoft or like how to use an Apple computer or how to use this or that. Um And I, I just, as it went, how, how to sell something, like through that telemarketing job is, as, as creepy and scammy as it yeah. was, I learned how to talk to people on the phone and how to communicate and, and sell a product or, or re- how to rebuttal somebody when they're asking you a question or when someone says no, how to turn their opinion. So yeah, you take little things from all your jobs and try to make something out of it.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And even the, this, the, the, this, the telemarketing job that you mentioned, you know, a lot of people don't realize that selling is something that everybody does. Whether or not you have a business or whether or not you, you work for someone else, you're still selling to a certain point, you know. It's like,
0: it's a foundational thing. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I'm sure your, your, your son, he sells to you every day. Yeah. <laughs> every day he's trying to sell to you to get what he wants. Exactly.
0: Right? Exactly.
1: So lately I've seen that you've been focusing a lot on, on fashion. Yeah. You know, women's, like, how did you get involved in that?
0: Um, I've always really appreciated fashion and never really had the time to focus on it because the past seven years of my life have just been focused on building this business. Um When we moved to Bramley, uh, Bramley city center reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be a part of their style squad. Um, and they would offer me basically like this shopping spree where I would try to put together outfits um, that are trendy on and on season. So I was like, um yes, like, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um And yeah, I think just kind of from that, it's, it's been kind of a focus on my Instagram right now, just because I love, I love fashion, like how I love webs. I just like design. I love, I have such an appreciation for it. So when I see how outfits are put together, um, and I, I, I follow a lot of fashion accounts and I see what like the celebrities wear, what the royals wear. And there's always like, if you walk through the mall, little affordable versions of what these great people are wearing. Mm-hmm um so yeah i'm really interested in that i love like recreating looks
1: that are inspired by people whose fashion i really admire and that makes you and you and um dan a good combo because dan's looking fly these days and you're looking fly these days it it works out perfectly (laughs) thanks thanks you're pretty fly yourself thank you appreciate it (laughs) and prince charles like yeah prince charles you guys serve tea I know. like how did that how it's did nuts, that Kobe. It's nuts. like i heard it from daniel but i want to hear your story like
0: it's nuts because for dan it was one thing it was he dan is not really into things like history the royal family um but i'm like super huge on that always yeah. like from from a child i've always appreciated geography and history i don't know why but i just love to when i meet somebody i just want to know how they ended up kind of like the purposeful story like I want to know how did you get here genuinely um so I've always just loved the royal family and their story and and what they uphold and what they represent so when we got that email that like we were invited to serve tea at first I wasn't sure if I would be able to go like is this just going to be Dan like am I going to be able to be there because this would this one would really hurt like if I couldn't be there I I would have felt that one um And when we both got the invite to go, this was like, it's not, I can't even say it was a dream come true because I wouldn't have ever dreamed that that would even be a possibility. You know, it's just, it was so random. And I know like when the Royals go on tour, these things are planned like a year in advance. So Mm -hmm. everything they're going to do, everywhere they're going to go, everyone they're going to meet, it's all planned. They know. So for us to just have been thrown in there like two weeks before is beyond me. It's amazing. And it was so surreal. Like I've never, my palms have never swept before just because, and it it wasn't that I'm nervous or like I feel necessarily inferior to another person, but it's just, this is a huge deal. Like this is a, like a potentially a once in a lifetime thing, something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life and something I'm going to tell my grandchildren. So it was really,
1: it was amazing. It was so cool. (laughs) And you guys, I, I love the way that you guys, Really rode the wave, so to speak. You yeah. Know, you let everyone know, um, you made a tea specifically for, yeah. you know, Prince Charles. Um, you know, you had tons of, of newspaper outlets writing about this story. Crazy.
0: Yeah. You gotta, and like that, that's business right now. That's us having to connect our, or connect with people with this story. Like this is an amazing opportunity. And there was actually another tea company that met him during his visit here. Um, I think as well. And I don't know if they, they took the opportunity, um, to, to use the media, but the media is looking for stories, Mm -hmm. especially now. Like there's just, there's so many, um, different ways to communicate with people. So they're all constantly, if you're just doing anything that's remotely newsworthy, they're going to take it. Um, so yeah, we were like, let's ride this out. Let's make it the big deal that it is. And let everybody know, like, this is huge. Come and cover this story. Cause it's like, when does a little shop in Brampton get to do something so epic? Especially a tea shop, because that's, like, the height of tea. Yeah. There's no one greater. The Queen, So I'm, like, hoping, like, oh, my gosh, maybe one day. But there's no one greater that you could serve tea that's, to. That's true. Than the British royal family, so,
1: yeah. Who else would you like to serve tea to? The Queen. The Queen.
0: The Queen um, and Harry and Meghan, because I'm, like, a huge Meghan fan. <laughs> um and, uh, yeah, I would say they're, they're my top.
1: I mean, that is the top. I mean, you're talking, you know, the UK, like that, that is the top. I don't know what goes higher than that.
0: Yeah. I, I don't either. So I'd say them. Yeah,
1: for sure. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to other female entrepreneurs who are running a business alongside, um, their husband? Like what, what advice? Cause you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are married and they run separate businesses, but yeah. you guys run the same, you guys are working together. It's a little bit different.
0: It is. Um, and it's easier that way, to be honest, you're giving your family a better chance. I think um, because you can put all your focus into one thing together and use your strengths and up- uphold each other's weaknesses together. Um, I think that that is, even in a union and in marriage, that that's kind of the whole purpose is you have somebody to share your life with. Um, I I went to school for makeup, and I I I was doing um, makeup on the side, like at weddings and stuff like that. Like around the time that Dan was starting, and when I saw his his passion and how invested he was in into just having a company that focuses on people because the tea is just the commodity, but the heart behind tea by Daniel is to create a space or an environment where people feel important and special and cared for and respected. Um So when I saw his passion and I thought about my own towards makeup, like I really enjoyed it, but I couldn't genuinely say that it was something that I was so passionate about. Like I can't let this go. Whereas Dan was more on that end. So when I realized that he, he could use the help and he needed the help, I just thought, you know what? Like, let's, let's put the makeup thing on hold for now and let's just give ourselves to something and see how far we can go if we both put our heads together and do this. And to have gotten to the point where you can say, like, we look at each other sometimes and we're like, oh my gosh, Dan, do you realize like we served our tea to Prince Charles? Like me and you, the people that were packaging tea in the garage in the freezing cold got to stand in front of prince charles and serve tea it i would never go back on my decision of putting makeup on hold because it has it has opened the door and has challenged me in ways that i don't think i would have been if i was on my own i mean there would have been a different set of challenges i'm sure but to know that you have someone standing beside you um to help pull you out or like i'm not just coming home and saying oh my gosh dan guess what happened today like we we come home together we just look at each other and just oh, let's just go to bed and forget about it yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the hard times and in the good times, you get to celebrate it together as well, right? You Absolutely. look at each other and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is actually happening. So yeah. Um, my advice to, to a woman that is working with her husband yeah. you said, is just allow each other's strengths to shine. Cause we've, we've had like many, we butt heads a lot.
1: I see that sometimes. Too. Yeah. yeah. We're
0: very different in personality as I'm sure most husbands and wives are. Um, but just, you know, be, be, um, Mature and forgiving and come to an agreement and just work towards it together. I think that that's all you, you can really do. But the, the benefits of working together, there's, there's far outweigh the, the negative for sure.
1: Absolutely. And what's next for Renata Lewis? Oh my gosh.
0: I was just talking to you about like, I was thinking about starting a blog, but yeah. I'm so torn because I've started many things and because of the weight of responsibility at T by Daniel have not been able to like continue with it. Um, so I think what is important and what I, what should be the future is continuing to, to press with T by Daniel and to see what we can do, what, what other great opportunities can come, um, from this, because I think the more, the longer you stick to anything, um, the better a chance it has at, at, at succeeding and continuing to succeed. So I think for me it's just more personal growth like learning to be more focused um, continuing to improve my work ethic um, and just like again just I know I said it already but just seeing how far we can take T by Daniel and what new
1: things we can do with this company. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you. Whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkobi.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the purpose round where we ask our entrepreneurs the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind their business and their entrepreneurial journey. So Ren, (laughs) what is your purpose as an entrepreneur?
0: My purpose as an entrepreneur is I want to continue to grow and to challenge myself personally. And I think that entrepreneur does that in such, entrepreneurship, sorry, does that in such an incredible way. It's something that you wake up every day and um, you know what you're doing, but you, you don't know what's coming at you. So I think my purpose as an entrepreneur is just t- to grow, to continue to grow as a person and <clears throat> along the way to just make a difference. And I don't think that that's in the, I don't mean that in such a like, I want to change the world type of way, but just with each person that you meet, you have an opportunity to impact that person uh, in some positive light. And I think if I can If I could do that for someone in a small way, it, it's, it's fulfilling to me and it's, it puts something special into somebody else's life as well. So.
1: Okay. What is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose?
0: To-do lists. To-do lists help me to, to focus on what is important. Um, because that's the thing with entrepreneurship is you don't really have like a boss or an employer. So you, you call the shots in, in pretty much anything. And that has proven to be amazing in some instances and really not amazing in others. Um, so I think having a to-do list helps me to remember what is important, um, to not get sidetracked and um, unfocused, um, and to get done what needs to get done. If I, if I didn't have a to-do list, I'd this company would be like a a disaster to be completely honest. Um, so yeah, that is something when I don't have a to-do list, I feel lost. So I need one every day.
1: Okay. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why?
0: Oh my gosh. I would love to talk to my dad. I haven't seen my dad in 15 years. Oh wow. Yeah. I would love to talk to my dad.
1: So when you left Honduras, he 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 stayed there, or no?
0: My parents separated when I was eleven, and okay. the last time I saw him was when I was like about fourteen, fifteen. So it's been like fifteen years now. Okay. Yeah, just because he lives there now. He when they separated, he moved back. Um, so yeah, it'd be it'd be really cool to talk to my dad and see how he's changed, and for him to see how I've changed.
1: How How was that experience for you, by the way? Just at that age.
0: It <laughs> was rough, and I think it led me into a lot of things that I. I may not have gotten into if I had my dad around like a lot of kids, I think. Um, but, uh, I, I don't feel thankfully I felt like I I lacked something in my young, in my teenage life, but now Dan's family has really helped me to fill that void where I don't really feel like I, I'm missing a family per se because of what happened. So it was hard. And I, I, I think all kids from broken homes would say the same thing. It, it affects you in a way that you, you don't even really know or understand And As you get older and you become a parent and you see how important and necessary parents are. Um, and also how real they are. Like they're just real people that are trying to do their best. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a very impactful part of my life for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: What is your main strategy for organizing your day I think you pretty much already answered this but I did
0: um, yeah to do list like I said if I didn't have them I would I would be a mess like I don't know on on a whim how to choose what's important and what's not and that's where Dan helps me he knows he's amazing at that like sometimes I look at my to- do list and I'm like really this is the most important thing that we need to do right now and then when I see how it plays out I'm like oh yeah this was this was totally the most important thing so yeah
1: that's interesting because when I talked to him about it, he said, well, I guess that's where you guys two two are together because Dan is very, he's very, he doesn't really, he said he doesn't really have a strategy for how you organize. He sort of relies on you.
0: Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. It's, and I guess that's what it is. We bounce back and forth. So he'll send me a do list and I'll be like, okay, but so-and-so-and-so. And he'll be like, um, okay, yeah, we'll move the list around. Or other times it's like, no, like we have to get this done if we don't get this done. um, This and this and this. So yeah, we, we really bounce off each other to be honest, but I would say he does actually have a better gauge of what is important when Mm -hmm. compared to me. I'm the type of person that I will research, like we need gift sets for Christmas. Like I'm going to research different suppliers and designs for that now. And he's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like we need to ship all the online orders that are here today. Like now it's like, Oh yeah, that is definitely more important. So yeah, he, he has a gauge on that, but he's, he's also very like, non-strategized like what he yeah, said to you. yeah there's never really been like a set strategy for t by daniel which is the craziest like the crazy thing like i can't say that like we we're the type of people that sit down like okay year one we're gonna do this mm-hmm. and we're gonna da-da-da. like it's 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 organized not chaos but <laughs> it's organized and and unorganized at the same time if that makes sense it's unplanned
1: yeah, because every day is unpredictable, exactly. right? So exactly, well, like, and you know that. Yeah. Like
0: you you try as much as you can, but yeah. the reality is
1: the reality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment and what did you learn from it?
0: There was this one time uh when we just opened the store and I was working by myself a lot because Dan would have to um run errands and everything. So I was working uh the store for like maybe 16 hours because we would get there at seven and probably end up closing by like 10 and leave by like 11 sometimes because there's so much work to do. And then we had this cleaning contract. So I would have to clean these two doctor's offices. And then we had the farmer's market early on Saturday morning and then church on Sunday morning. So like, I feel like my life was just going like every day I would just, I wasn't really sleeping. Um, and you know, when you're not sleeping properly and when you're working so hard, you're usually not eating properly too. Um, so there's this one time I remember where I was cleaning one of the doctor's offices and I just went into a corner and just completely broke down. Like I was just crying and just sort of doubting myself. Like, can I really do this? Should I really do this? Um, and yeah, I would say that was the toughest moment. Um, you push through and, and my father-in-law gave me the best. He used to every morning that before I would leave, he'd say, don't worry, Ren, it gets better. It gets better. So I used to hold on to those words because there were some days where it felt like, you know, I'm working 16 hours a day. There was one time where we opened the store and we made like $8.72 oh, in wow. the whole day when we just started. So, you know, and and you're not just, just because you're not serving customers doesn't mean you're not working. So I'm trying to think about like, what do we do and organizing and keeping the place clean and trying to figure out ways to get people to hear about us and what we're doing. So... I think just the, the value of those moments and what they teach you is just really how strong you are and how, how, how strong we are. Like not just me personally, but you know, when people are pressed to their limit is when the best usually comes out of them. So just learning that it does get better and it's not always going to be like, like how it is in this moment where I feel like everything is just crumbling on top of me.
1: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only a hundred dollars, how would you leverage that?
0: Yeah. That's pretty much what we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, tea by
1: Daniel, it's, that's, that's what I did.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, we like I said, we built our business without a loan. I mean, we, with tea, like you're actually able to, to purchase a hundred dollars worth of tea and just maybe, you, or $50 worth of tea and then put the other $50 into like an event of some sort and just try and sell the product. Um, but I think, yeah, I would take a, a low cost commodity, and just go somewhere and sell it. <laughs> That's what I did.
1: Makes sense. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Which app or online tool do you use every day to help contribute to your success?
0: Instagram. Figured. <laughs> Instagram, um, and it's Instagram. It's when people ask me like, "What is the social media like best social media tool?" It's Instagram, like hands down. It's free. It's popular and people actually come to the store because of it It blows my mind. So like I rarely invest in anything else or any other marketing because it, that's always been the, the best for us. It's really good. It's an amazing app when you think about it and like how how we've changed um, in terms of our communication and what we're interested in as a society. Instagram is like a part of everybody's day, I feel at this point. Yeah. If you're like under the age of 40, 40, you're using Instagram probably every day. So, and that's our target, like people under 40 for the most part. So yeah, Instagram, Instagram all day.
1: Makes sense. What's the best advice you've ever received?
0: What I told you, um, it gets better. Uh, that pulled me through like some of the most challenging times in business. Um, just knowing that even the challenges that I'm facing today, it's not always going to be like this. And it feels like it is and it feels like it's the end of the world. But for, for how many times I've seen myself bounce back, my husband bounce back, um, other entrepreneurs and their stories and how they bounce back. And even people that are not entrepreneurs, just, just friends, family to hear their stories and to see that it was at their lowest point that the most resilience and that's where they were able to see themselves really came out. Um, life is just, it, it's constantly going, it's constantly changing, and it's always getting better if you choose to view your life that way.
1: Absolutely. List your top three most influential books.
0: The Bible, um, the Bible and the Bible.
1: The yeah. Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Yeah.
0: The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. It's changed my life. It changed everything in my life. My perspective, um, yeah, definitely the Bible.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on.
0: Um, I think from an outside perspective that it's not as glamorous as it, you would think it would be. Like to work for yourself is not this, it's not what I thought it would be. And I don't think it's what people think it is either. It's, the, you'll never work harder than when you work for yourself. And, you'll never struggle, I think, either, as much as you will when you work for yourself. Because you're, like I was saying, you're constantly challenged, you're constantly trying to reinvent yourself and stay relevant and, and push yourself and learn new things and gain new skills. So it's, it's it's not glamour, it's not a glamorous lifestyle to choose. And I see that a lot, like on Instagram, it, it's super glorified, like be your own boss, hashtag self made, hashtag this, <laughs> hashtag that, which is cool or whatever. But I think the reality of it at night when you're up and it's four o'clock in the morning and you're editing a website, trying to yeah. figure out how to make it look nice or when you're coordinating photo shoots and you don't even know how to use lighting or, or DSLRs and, or when you're dealing with that irate customer and trying to calm them down, like that, it's, it's not glamorous. It's just a choice that you make like any other career and it comes with its set of challenges. And I, I believe that the entrepreneurial challenges, especially when it comes to finances are a lot more, more challenging than, than a career path. So I don't know if people would disagree with me on that, but I, I feel like that is the overall aura of entrepreneurship, like this awesome, like, which it is, but it comes with a lot of challenges.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners?
0: Yeah, if you're, if you're starting something, anything, if it's, if it's marriage, if it's business, if it's you're just starting a new journey in a job or a career, just, just do it. I think Nike has the best slogan ever. Just do it. There are so many reasons that you can give yourself why you shouldn't. Um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities where you can give up and stop. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people around you that are not going to think it's possible for you. But if you just do it, like it is the most rewarding thing to, to be able to look back on your life and say, I did it rather than to say, I didn't do it or to look back and regret it. Uh, I try to follow that in my everyday life when those opportunities arise to just do it. And it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be this epic thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, let me just get up today early and go to the gym and lose this weight or get toned or let me wake up and work my business and make it work. Even when all odds are against me and, and the bank says no, and nobody has the money to help me out. Let me wake up and just find a way to make it happen just do it
1: <laughs> okay and how can the purposeful story family reach out to you and follow you on your entrepreneurial journey
0: you can follow me at mrs.tbydaniel by daniel on instagram that'd be the best way to to reach me
1: okay i appreciate you coming on the show today Ren.
0: i appreciate you kobe you're amazing
1: oh thanks thanks <laughs> thanks Thank you, Purposeful Story family, for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember, live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Peace. That's all for this episode. I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose. We all have a different journey in life. And this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey. Thank you so much for tuning in. Because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music or CastBox, give a rating, and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I am Kobe talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to I am forward slash purposeful story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala writes for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon. <laughs>